Boricua is the name for someone from Puerto Rico, but it's more than a name. It's a way of life and representation of the vibrant spirit of the island. Let the Boricua spirit welcome you with a warm embrace to start each day and remind you why you travel in the first place. In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. With nearly 300 beaches and 300 miles of coastline, there's always new places to explore. The island's diverse geography offers everything from secluded coves with white sand and crystalline water to stunning black sand beaches. There are spots that are perfect for water sports so you can surf, snorkel, paddleboard, or go diving. To travel to Puerto Rico, there is no passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. Right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com, the lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Are you feeling overwhelmed by anxiety, struggling to find restful sleep, or plagued by a restless inability to focus? It's time to break free from the chains of mental health challenges and discover a path to healthy living. Welcome to Amen University, founded by renowned psychiatrist and brain health expert, Dr. Daniel Amen. Dr. Amen, alongside a team of esteemed doctors and experts in their fields, understands the struggles you're facing and are here to offer solutions. From debilitating anxiety to sleepless nights filled with worry, our courses are meticulously crafted to target these specific challenges head on. Join us on a journey of transformation led by Dr. Amen and a roster of top-tier professionals. Say goodbye to the constant battle with your mind and embrace a future filled with hope and possibility. Visit our website today to explore our courses and start your journey towards a brighter tomorrow. Use code BRAIN10 and get 10% off. That's code BRAIN10 and get 10% off your first purchase. Amen University, because your mental health matters. Hell, I suck at dating with Dean Ungler and Jared Haven, an iHeartRadio podcast. Hey, welcome to an all-new episode of Help I Suck at Dating. I am Jared, joined by Dean, currently on the road. Uh, Dean, where are you off to right now? Uh, I'm with Kaylin and Pappy. We are headed back to Los Angeles. We just spent a couple days in uh, Tahoe, skiing the freaking sick gnar, hanging around the lake, uh, and now we're headed home. What's the longest road trip you've ever done with Kaylin? The longest road trip I've ever done with Caitlin, uh, we did a South Dakota drive that was like 20-something hours from Los Angeles. That one really sucked. Oh, it's so bad. You know, if, you, if you're able to successfully have a great road trip with someone, they're usually the one. I wouldn't say that any of them are great. I would just say that they're all different shades of uh, uh, just normal, boring driving. I mean, I would be careful, though. She's, she's driving right now. You have to be nice to her. She's your life is literally in her hands. It's very rare to see her driving. I'm very appreciative of her to step in, take the reins while I record this podcast with you guys, because I was worried I was going to be even later than I usually am. I was like, Caitlin, I have to get us here by this time. But then I had to go. There was this rock in, in Tahoe Lake that I really wanted to jump off of naked. And I did it. But because of that, we are now, you know, I was 20, 30 minutes behind schedule. And I, I had to have her step in and take the reins and drive us to the, well, we do have some very special guests that are coming up later on the podcast. We have Ian Jenkins, Alan, and Jeremy. They have a new book, Three Dads and a Baby, Adventures in Modern Parenting. And Parrington. Why can I not say that word? Parenting. Parenting. Holy crap, it's been a long day. But they, uh, as you can tell from the title, they are a thruple, and they are raising two kids, and they talk about their experiences uh, with that parenting uh it's it's an interesting story so definitely tune in later on but first 
Of course, Dean, you and I have a, a lot to talk about. So we asked you guys on Instagram yesterday, what is something that your ex gave you that you just cannot get rid of? Because we talked about this before, and I told you that there's a binder that my ex gave me that my dad found last summer when he was going through all the storage in the garage. And he's like, well, do you want me to throw it out? And I felt guilty. And I was like, oh, don't throw it out. Like, I, I, I remember how much hard work that was. And we just kind of I was like, just put it back in storage and I don't want to see it. But I also don't want to throw it away. Um, Dean, do you have anything that, of, of an ex that you know, like, oh, I have, but I can't throw away? Uh, well, the first thing that you said or the first thing that came to mind when you said that was Palin for the longest time had an Air Force shirt that her ex gave her a long, long time ago. And she would, it wasn't just a shirt that like sat in the bottom of her dress. She would like wear it all the time. She would wear it all all the time. She would wear it to like sleep at night. And I'm like, why are you wearing this guy's shirt all the time? Uh, She wants to defend herself. Um, She, yes. It has nothing to do with the fact that it was my ex's shirt. It was a very soft shirt. Okay, yes. It was a good sleeping shirt. And, but, but it was just one of those things where it's like, She's wearing an Air Force shirt all the time. And I'm like, why are you wearing your Air Force shirt? Well, yeah, but now I sound like the overbearing boyfriend that's like, throw your ex-boyfriend's shirt away. Um, no, now she's still one of my shirts that she sleeps in every night. So yeah, but I'm sure, Kaylin, did you kind of get, did, did ask Kaylin if she liked you getting jealous? Um, Jared asked if you like when I get jealous. She never gets jealous, right? That is the only instance she's ever got jealous, I think, in our entire relationship. Um, but in terms of what I have that an ex ever gave me that I can't get rid of, I don't think so. I try to like detach myself from a lot of things. Uh, so not really anything that I can think of. Do you, you have that binder? Does Ashley have anything from any of her exes? No, not really. She did have roses. So when we first got together, she said she saved all the roses that she received. Now, some were from me from paradise, but there were also some from another guy, uh, that she was on winter games with, which I was not too happy with. I understand why she saved the roses, but I was like, you can't have those roses anymore. You got to toss them. And I think she ended up tossing them. She only kept the roses that I gave her. So how do you, how does she preserve the roses? Cause I think I remember keeping my first couple of roses and they like, they got gross and disgusting. So fast. she dried them out somehow. I don't know. She knew what she was doing. I tried to keep the roses, but then they just smelled to high heaven and like you, they just, it was disgusting. So I threw them out. I still have a date card though. I still have a date card written, technically written from Caitlin. Oh, wait, she didn't write it, though. Well, I mean, it says from Caitlin. I'm, I'm, you know, it's obviously whoever writes those date cards on the show. But how do you not keep that? You know, it's in my bed. Uh, I just I it's in a drawer somewhere. I actually found it when we were moving and I showed Ash. I was like, holy crap, look at this. And it was from my New York one on one. You should sell it as like a piece as like a work of art. We were thinking the same thing. Uh, <laughs> make a little dough on that. You know, I'm sure someone paid like 100 bucks for a date card from The Bachelor. Uh, well, anyway, so we did ask online, what is some of the things that your ex gave you that you just cannot get rid of? Uh, you know, a lot of people, not going to lie, said anxiety. Uh, <laughs> trauma was another big answer. Uh, another one said their virginity. Uh, well, you know, y- yeah, you can't get that one back, can you? Uh, their iPhone. Um, somebody said that they still have photos of them from 15 to 20 years ago. That's a good question. Do you throw oh, wow. out photos? Like, all right, here's here's a digital age question. Digital digital aged question for you. Do you delete pictures of your ex on social media? Yes or no, Dean? On social media, I think I did recently. I think so. Pretty sure I did. I was just like, whatever. That's an old chapter. What I don't like is, and it's funny because I have, I have some really good friends who have recently just gone through breakups. And what iPhone or Apple whatever is doing lately is they're saying like this this memory from two years ago and it's always like a cute photo of you and your now ex-girlfriend and you like have to relive this trauma that you experience on a regular like you're kind of trying to get over this breakup but your phone's not letting you get over it so like in that sense absolutely you should delete the i mean the photos on your phone um i just went back and deleted all my photos up until 2019 just of everything because i needed to free up space on my computer that one was a little challenging to do because i was like what if there's like some good diamonds in the rough here that i want to refer to later but then at the end of the day, I'm like, what's the point of having? Like, what is the purpose are these serving? So I was just like, delete. But there was a time, I remember when I went, I think I went on The Bachelorette. I, I can't remember if I untagged or deleted photos of my ex-girlfriends in them um, just because I wanted to protect their privacy a little bit better. Um, but I'm pretty sure I've scrubbed my Instagram of all the pictures of any of my exes. Pretty sure. Yeah, what you were saying earlier about Facebook... 
what you were saying earlier about Facebook reminding you of, of past memories. I feel the same way. Facebook is now becoming like that friend you have that always says the wrong thing in front of your new girlfriend. Like if like the guy that you're, you know, you're hanging out with your new girlfriend, you just started dating and like one of your old friends is like, bro, you remember like three years ago when we ended up going home with those girls and you're like, dude, shut the hell up. That's what Facebook right. is doing now. It's like bringing up memories of like, oh, look at that. That's me and my ex-girlfriend as I'm standing right next to my wife, who's not the same person. Facebook, get the hell off here. Right. Yeah, it definitely. You definitely get like uh, have those friends that say they're not supposed to say or like shouldn't be saying. Bro, I think I'm going to be going through a dead spot. You guys, you might lose me on uh, on the Zoom here. Oh, you're in and out. <laughs> well, hey, on the bright side, we're 10 minutes outside of our destination. So. If you're going to lose me, it's only going to be for at most 10 minutes. Ah, that could be worse. That'll be fine. I'll be able to carry the show for 10 minutes. Uh, all right. What other responses do we have? An STD? That's always the, the worst one right there. <laughs> have you ever had, not to get too uh, too into detail here, but have you ever had an STD scare, Dean? Not to, get, not to get too into detail, he says before. Uh, I mean, yeah, I have. I'm, I'm not afraid to admit it. I, I did once in my early 20s and then again in my still early, but slightly later 20s. Yeah, I don't know if I ever had like a full on scare, but like there's definitely moments where I'm like, I'm even though, you know, I, I did the right thing. I use protection. It's just like I'm 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 still paranoid enough to get checked out. Uh, and luckily, knock on wood, uh, it was all it was all it was all good uh old text messages i delete my text messages do you delete your text messages yeah mine are on auto delete so they delete every month every month old message gets deleted every month yeah what if you have like i don't delete ashley's text messages because those are like you know it's i would want to keep those for memory's sakes like when we first started dating after we went through this weird time obviously because we were friends and then we started dating so it was like that weird flirtatious time where i was like messaging her about panera bread because i was just trying to figure out something to start a conversation i'd like to go back and like look at those text messages what was it what was your what was your tactic what did you try to talk to her about uh the broccoli cheddar soup i was just i passed Uh, i was dude i was like it was so stupid i remember texting tanner i was like i feel awkward texting ashley what the hell is wrong with me and he's like, well, bro, now you've come out with your feelings. It's like that new puppy love, that weird phase where you're just trying to talk to one another and start up a conversation. And yeah, I was passing a Panera bread. And I was like, I need to like stay in contact because, you know, she may have been dating somebody else at the time, but I needed to be like, I needed to keep reminding her like, <laughs> hey, I'm here. I'm here. I'm not going anywhere, baby. And um, so I, I texted her like, oh, I'm craving broccoli and cheddar soup. And then I sent it and I was like, I'm such a freaking idiot. Why would I ever say that? <laughs> That's, uh, what does that remind me of? There's like, uh, there's an episode of The Office where Daryl's like trying to flirt with the girl that he works with or something like that. And he goes, I'm getting my ice cream on. And I was like, what kind of game is that? That's, and it's very similar. You're like, oh, it's broccoli cheddar. I'm craving it. And it's like, why would you text someone that? That's just like a thought that you have that then passes on a couple seconds later. You're not, but hey, that's, that's, you know, looking back, like you say, like you're saying is it's romantic and cute because of how it ended for you guys. Yeah, but if it didn't end well, it would not be romantic and cute. It would just be awkward. I wish I could go back to old text messages where I'm trying to, like, flirt with girls to be. And, like, I'm sure there's, like, just, like, endless messages back and forth about nothing. Because I just don't have the balls to ask someone out or, like, actually make a move. So I'm just, like, keeping the conversation going as long as possible until it comes to a point where it's so awkward that I'm finally, like... So, like, you ever want to hang out or not? You don't have to if you don't want to. But, like, if you have time, if you yeah. eat, you know, we could eat together. I think that's endearing. And I think a lot of girls would think that's endearing, too. And I think it actually kind of helps build a solid foundation for if or when you eventually do get to hang out with them in person, you know, because then you kind of, like, have this background, this back and forth, this, like, banter, maybe some inside jokes. Uh, and so I think it's I think it's helpful at the end of the day. Yeah, I think it's quite nice. Another one of the uh, responses that we got about something an ex gave you you can't get rid of. This kind of fits right into your story from earlier. One was a jersey and the other one was a hoodie. So, you know, sometimes That's you just can't Ashley get clothes kept? back. No, no, no. This is a response uh, from one of our listeners. So uh, they just don't want to give that hoodie up. You know, hoodies are expensive, man. Like 40 bucks, you get a nice hoodie, keeps you warm. Why give it up? Especially if it's a generic one. 
my question is like, I wonder if Kaylin's ex-boyfriend ever like looked through his dresser and was like, oh, I wonder where my favorite cotton T-shirt is. You know, like poor guy, he doesn't have his favorite T-shirt on him anymore because his crazy ex-girlfriend stole it. Uh, you know, it'd be really funny if he was looking on your Instagram and you posted a picture of Kaylin in the sweatshirt. I ha- I did post a picture of her wearing his shirt once because she wore it skydiving or something like that. Uh, and I posted a photo of her at the skydiving drop zone uh, and she was wearing it. And I, I don't know. I, you're right. He might have seen it. Um, but at the end of the day, he probably thought it was the coolest thing ever. I'm not going to lie. I would have. No, I'm sure. I don't, I don't know what the relationship is now. I don't, I don't know. All right. What else do we got that. here? Uh, toxic, toxic tendencies, huh? Toxic tendencies is another answer that we got. Something your ex gave you that you can't give back. Do you have any, uh, toxic tendencies that an ex gave you, Dean? Any toxic tendencies that an ex might've given me? I think, uh, my first girlfriend that I was like head over heels in love with cheated on me a lot. Uh, and so for a long time, I had a lot of toxic tendencies of being like, uh, 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 not like presumptuous, but like overbearing or like stressed out or anxious that, that I was being cheated on or something like that, you know? I've worked through it. I don't think that toxic trait carries to me over to, to my present self, but it was definitely something I had to deal with a lot in my like late teens, early 20s. Did you ever accuse her of cheating and then she was not cheating? Um, After that first girlfriend, you mean? No, like during the first girlfriend, were you... Or, or, yeah, I guess, right? After the first girlfriend, after she like traumatized you, did you ever accuse a girl... <laughs> of cheating and be like i knew it and then she's like uh dean that's my brother <laughs> right i think that's partly why i was so traumatized by it the first time was because i confronted her about it i was like hey what's the deal why are you cheating on me and she was like i'm not cheating on you i was like you literally have a hickey on your neck right now like i'm looking at your hickey and she goes oh this isn't a hickey the, the my pillow creased weird on my neck last night and it left this mark and i was like so young and dumb and naive and i was like okay that makes sense and then like eventually my friends all <laughs> Perfect were like explanation. You know, cheating on you right oh yeah that was bad um but later on i i don't know i think i don't think i ever like projected it outwardly but inwardly i was always kind of like you know pretty toxic to myself about that uh that possibility but that's the one i can really only think of i don't know do you have any other do i have any toxic traits well okay not <laughs> yeah how toxic I I are you dean I, ask kaylin it's a good question i asked Kaylin if i had any toxic traits and she just opens her eyes as wide as she can and just nods her head yes um what about you jared what toxic traits have you taken over for me honestly all the good traits i have i i credit my my ex uh i don't have like toxic i'm trying to think of like someone specific a toxic tendency that i got from an ex um i can't think of any like i only had one really long-term girlfriend before i started i went on the show and then obviously ultimately dated ashley and she gave me no toxic if anything i gave her toxic tendencies it was very bad i felt really i mean i was i was a good boyfriend i'd like to think knock on wood but like there was definitely one time where she planned like a mini vacation for us and it was kind of, we were definitely broken up at this point, but still together. It's like that awkward phase, the worst phase of them all. And if anybody's yeah. gone through that long, excruciating breakup, you know exactly what I'm talking about, where like the breakup lasts six months and it's awkward and you see each other and you hook up and then you're still broken up and you're seeing other people, but then you're still texting each other. And it's like, are we friends? Let's try to be friends. And of course that never happens. So it was during that awful phase. And then she like planned a little vacation kind of because her family had a house in block island but she wanted us to like stay at a hotel another night and i said i would go and then i totally bailed on her when she was already there and i felt horrible granted i truth be told i couldn't get out of work but also truth to be told i never tried taking the day off prior to being scheduled to work so it was definitely (laughs) my own fault that i felt terrible about so Hopefully she didn't gain any toxic tendencies from me. Ugh. God. So you don't think you have any toxic traits currently though? Oh man, I have tons of toxic traits, but they're from my own, you know, my own psycho being. Not somebody like not from right, somebody right, imprinting right. it oh, on I see me. What you're saying. I've just I'm I was born this I, this I, psycho I human being that Ashley decided to marry. So Oh well. I was I was gonna say because I, I do know I think my most toxic trait. Uh, but you're right, it wasn't placed on me from someone else. I think it just is uh, something I've adopted on my own. And it's I always expect Kaylin to be able to read my mind and know what I'm thinking. And if she 
which if she doesn't, if she's not able to do that, which of course she's not able to do that because no one's a freaking mind reader. I then get upset with her for not being able to read my mind. Um, and I think that's definitely my most toxic trait as a partner. Yeah, I have that trait too. You know, I don't understand. Women can do everything, but they can't read minds. Come on now. I don't buy that. They definitely read our minds. They just choose not to go. They just choose to go against whatever we want, even though they know what we want. That's what I'm convinced of. I don't know if I agree with that per se, but uh, for, the sake, <laughs> for the sake of this conversation. Uh, let's go through a couple more. I mean, a lot of them are like clothing items, sweatpants. Um, one is fear of rejection. Um, another one's condoms. <laughs> well, you know, practicality. Uh, pictures, debt, debt. Who? What kind of ex left you in debt? That sounds horrible. I mean, I can see that. I can see that too. I I won't say who it is, but there's definitely someone who uh uh that Ash and I know that dated someone who uh might have been like a little bit of a moocher, not intentionally. Uh, but they were just kind of going through a little bit of a struggle bus, and um, I think they left us a little bit in debt. Um, <laughs> Wait, who is it? Is it a family friend or a bachelor person? No, no, not a bachelor, not a bachelor person. Um, okay. But uh, no, I, I'm teasing. They're they're wonderful. Um, what well, else? Funny if it was like Nick or something. <laughs> Nick, no, Nick was very gracious, and he let me live uh, for free in his place for like five months, which is very nice. He still holds it over my head, though. It's been three years, and I gave him a little bit of money. And I gave him my friendship. Isn't that good enough? I lived with the man. You know what I mean? That's that's rent enough. You co-created the brochure or whatever the heck we, we were calling that. Oh show. yeah, what was that thing? The uh, the the uh, the bad chiller, bad chiller, bad chiller. Right, right. Honestly, when I go back and watch those, so for anybody who's listening uh, to this podcast right now that doesn't know, uh, Dean and I did this did this YouTube thing with Nick Viols, me, Nick, and Dean. We we recapped. It was Becca Kufrin's season of the Bad Bachelor Bachelorette. And we did spoofs called The Bad Chiller, where we would dress up as the contestants and we would dress up as Becca and and do a funny re you know, two minute recap of the show. When I go back and watch those, I mean they're high entertainment. It's good stuff in there. Yeah. Yeah, I think you uh that's really gonna be if and when you become as big of a movie star as Tom Cruise, I think we're gonna be able to look back at that uh series and kind of you know, understand that that's like the genesis of where you got your start. Oh, totally. The only reason I'm going to get casted in Mission Possible 8 is because of Nick Viall's bad shiller. Um, we do have some great guests coming up. Like we said before, we have Ian, Allen, and Jeremy. Uh, they have their new book, Three Dads and a Baby. They're going to talk about their relationship, what it's like parenting uh, in a throuple, what it's like just being in a throuple. Funny story, I told this on the podcast. My neighbor, uh, our former neighbors, used to be in a throuple, and uh, they would argue all the time, but they were very much in love. So uh, I hope uh, I hope they're doing well. But anyway, we're not talking about them. We're talking about uh, Alan, <laughs> Jeremy, and Ian, and we're going to talk to them right after this break. Everyone knows how much Dean and I love to travel, especially after enduring a Colorado winter. I'll take any chance I can to be in a sunny, beachy place right about now. Well, Kaylin, I have the perfect place we can travel to next. In Puerto Rico, there are nearly 300 beaches and 300 miles of coastline. And when it comes to photography, the landscape is unbeatable. I think I need to go there for a relaxing vacation before baby number two comes, which is great, but also I'm very nervous. Puerto Rico offers everything from secluded coves with white sand and crystalline water to beautiful black sand beaches. There's no passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite, with just two capsules 
day. Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. Right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com. The lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Are you feeling overwhelmed by anxiety, struggling to find restful sleep, or plagued by a restless inability to focus? It's time to break free from the chains of mental health challenges and discover a path to healthy living. Welcome to Amen University, founded by renowned psychiatrist and brain health expert, Dr. Daniel Amen. Dr. Amen, alongside a team of esteemed doctors and experts in their fields, understands the struggles you're facing and are here to offer solutions. From debilitating anxiety to sleepless nights filled with worry, our courses are meticulously crafted to target these specific challenges head on. Join us on a journey of transformation led by Dr. Amen and a roster of top-tier professionals. Say goodbye to the constant battle with your mind and embrace a future filled with hope and possibility. Visit our website today to explore our courses and start your journey towards a brighter tomorrow. Use code BRAIN10 and get 10% off. That's code BRAIN10 and get 10% off your first purchase. Amen University, because your mental health matters. Welcome back to Help I Suck at Dating. Of course, I'm Jared and joined by Dean. And we have three very special guests who are joining us via Zoom right now. Uh, Author of the new book, Three Dads and a Baby, Adventures in Modern Parenting. Uh, We have Ian Jenkins and we have Alan and Jeremy. Gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us today. How are you? We're doing great. Thank you. Yeah, of course. So I want to talk to you guys because obviously you have your new book, Three Dads and a Baby. So... Ian, Alan, and Jeremy, you are in a thruple. So, Ian, I was wondering if you could talk about what exactly a thruple is for somebody who doesn't know. Yeah, sure. Um, a thruple is just a kind of like a couple, but there's three people here. And honestly, when people meet us, if they come over to our house, it sounds exotic, but soon after they get to know us, they realize that we're a family like any other, and we make dinner, we have guests, we take care of our kids, so, you know. We watch television occasionally. It's pretty ordinary, actually. Yeah, just you, you guys are a normal family. You have two kids, uh, Piper and, and Peter. If I, Piper and Parker. Yeah, Parker, so excuse me. Three and a half and approaching two, uh, and they are delightful, and they are also delightfully napping right now. <laughs> That's well, perfect timing to record the podcast. I just got to say, it's it's funny the Freudian slip of Jared, the super uh, super fan comic book fan that he is. <laughs> mistakes parker's name for peter i was gonna i was gonna ask if that was what was going on spider-man i mean i might be a fan of your friendly neighborhood spider-man uh (laughs) a little peter parker never hurt anybody um so alan um i wanted to you know talk to all three of you so so alan who started the relationship i'm did you guys all meet at the same time were were two of you together and then uh you know then you guys formed a thruple how did that um turn into the relationship that you're in now? Yeah, we, we didn't all meet at the same time. So um, I've been with Ian for 18 years. Wow. And um, we've been with Jeremy now for about nine years. So yeah, Ian and I met when we were in medical training um, a long time ago and uh, got together and stayed together. And, uh, you know, we, it was mostly Ian's drive, but we had over the years an impetus, kind of a desire to maybe open our relationship. And of course, you know, I, I was raised a fairly kind of in a conservative environment. And it was something that I was like, not sure. I really had to wrap my mind around what that, what would that would mean. And um, gradually just kind of became acclimated to the idea of trying to sort out what are sort of the social mores and expectations that make made me reticent versus what are the potential pros and benefits that could come from it. And so it was sort of like baby steps to working there, uh, working towards there. And then, uh, you know, we met Jeremy about nine years ago and, Jeremy and I instantly hit it off and uh, we've really actually just been a thruple ever since then. So it's definitely something where if you had asked me, you know, 20 years ago um, when I was in my early twenties, would I ever imagine being in a thruple? I would say that is crazy. That's insane. That's not something that I could have envisioned myself. Um, But I like to think, you know, I'm, 
43 now, and at this phase of life, I think sometimes we have expectations for ourselves um, that can cause us a lot of distra- uh, distress when they're not met, um, or you feel like you're kind of, you know, not on that path. And what I've learned is that often what life hands you and what evolves in life is better than any expectation you could have dreamt up, you know? So uh, for me, the reality of our relationship is is great. It's it's richer, it's fuller. Uh, we have kids now, which I wasn't sure was going to happen before. Um, and so for me, um, that the I think the moral of the story is kind of being having openness mm-hmm. um, and really thinking about your own expectations and how that's either helping you or maybe hindering you in certain areas. Examining that really helped me over the years kind of wrap my mind and just kind of be open to it. And so it was something that just evolved pretty naturally. Jeremy, what about what about you? I'd be curious to hear your perspective then, since you kind of were the one that came in nine years later. Yeah. So, you know, I was also raised really conservative. My dad was a pastor from Montana. Um, so uh, accepting the fact that I was gay was hard enough. Yeah. Uh, never, never thought I'd be in a throuple. But um, yeah, you know, I met Ian online uh, and we were talking on a dating site and um, you know, I was kind of like, oh, he's cute and he's a doctor. Like I'm feeling good about myself. And at the end of our conversation, he was like, oh, well, my partner and I would love to meet you. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry. I, think I just misunderstood. I thought you were open to, to dating. And he said, oh no, my, my partner and I are open to the idea of dating someone else. And I was like, oh, I'm really not into that. Sorry. That's just not really my jam. And he said, oh, that's okay. Well, we're always looking for new friends. Um, if you just want to you know, be friends. And so the next day, Ian and I met uh, just to make sure that we were real. And the day after that, I came to their house for dinner. And we actually called that our anniversary. Like, we basically Aww. were together. On. Um, so, you know, what I say is it's not for everyone. But uh, if you are the right temperament, you know, it really works for us. It's an amazing relationship. We've been together in gay years, like 118 years. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's 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 been great. I had met one throuple prior to meeting Alan and Ian that just were, I was living in Hawaii and they were on vacation there and they were super, they were like actors on Broadway and really dynamic and really open about like, this is our relationship. So I kind of had a, you know, I, I knew what the relationship kind of looked like. Uh, and I, I think that helped me be a little bit more open to it. Yeah. Ian and Alan, you guys were in the relationship for nine years. So what are some pros to being, to being in a throuple compared to being in a couple? Well, there's a long list, but I I like to say that I find it unlikely that any two people are going to be a perfect match for each other. And Mm -hmm. so I have learned amazing things from both of these guys. They teach me and enhance my life in different ways. And there's just like activities that I might uh, tend to do more, you know, that are interested um, or Jeremy's more interested in or that Alan's more interested in or that we all are interested in. And it's just like this really great balance. It's just like an additional perspective. Mm -hmm. If there's ever like, you don't really fight, but if there's ever like a disagreement, you know, we're having a conversation, then there's a third person there. And it's like a three-party judicial panel. There's never a tie. And and someone can be like, Hey, Ian, you got to check your BS. Like you're being inappropriate. You're being defensive. Like you're in the wrong this time. And I have to say, okay, um, you know, I see what you're saying. And, and it sort of like helps us in a way, um, you know, to have that additional voice. Um, and I have, we have kids. So it's amazing having two partners to help out with that. And again, teach me different things about parenting and how to take great care of the kids. Uh, so it's just, for me, it's been like a blessing. There's more communication required. Um, but like one guy is great. Two guys is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, so why do we, why stop at two? Why, why can we, can we go more than that? I guess is the question. I don't have the, I don't have the energy for that or the communication skills. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> The family calendar gets really complicated. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh. I can only imagine. I'm curious. You guys ever just get like tired or fed up of having to like explain your, your situation, your circumstances, your relationship, anything like that. Like, I feel like at some point it would be a little exhaustive, but I could be wrong. I'm I'm just curious. Um, gosh, this many years into it. No. Um, it's, you know, if we meet strangers, I guess. Um, but once we thought, oh, this, we want this relationship to, to be real. We want it, we want it to go somewhere and we're willing to take that, that risk and that chance. Um, then we made a commitment to just being open about it in our kind of day-to-day lives with our family, with our friends. Um, just, you know, uh, it's akin to the process of coming out all over again. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that can be a big barrier to, I think, people being honest and then living kind of an authentic 
their authentic selves, authentic relationships with people, and it can be really emotionally exhausting. So I think we already knew from our own coming out process of just being gay, like that's, we're not, I'm too old to live like that again. That's not going to happen. So this is working for us. That's the stability and security that I need. And if someone else likes it or doesn't like it, you know, it's like take it or leave it. So that has been really helpful where it's not like we're navigating all the time. Who knows? Who doesn't know? How are we going to do this? How are we not going to do that? So, you know, most of the questions just tend to come from superficial interactions you're at the, on vacation or you're kind of meeting some new people and everyone has some level of curiosity, which I think is totally normal for encountering somebody in a unique um, relationship. But for the most part, I'd say that's, it doesn't usually get too tiresome because our universe of our family, our friends, you know, our day-to-day life here in San Diego, people know. So it's not something that I'm managing to that, you know, to that emotional level. Yeah, absolutely. And Alan, you said something I really liked uh, where you talked about commitment. I think one of the most forgotten things in a relationship is commitment because everybody says well the most important thing in a relationship is communication and of course yes of course communication is extremely important in a relationship but i find that the most important thing in a relationship is commitment committing to your partner and i i love that you said that no matter whether you're committing to some one other person or two other people like you're creating a relationship whether you're in a couple a throuple like you guys are in a partnership together um and that's pretty cool that's pretty special and you guys are all parents which is very exciting. You have two kids, which is, uh, Ian, what you wrote about in your book. So what is it like being three parents together uh, raising two kids? You know, people sort of wonder, like, how do you do that? And I come back and I say, like, well, how do you do it with less help? That's my big question. Yeah. People were like, oh, you know, there, there's like immediate jealousy for most of our straight friends when they realize we had extra hands on deck during like the early baby months. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, I can't believe you had two spouses helping you. And I'm like, no, no, it gets better because um, the mother of our children stayed with us for both of those newborn periods. And so there's actually four adults pitching in to help with a kid and all taking turns overnight. So no one was ever really tired at any point, which is totally amazing for having two small kids. So it is totally fantastic. That is to me like the biggest thing that sort of stands out. And some people are like, well, how do you manage it with three different voices? We talk about stuff. You know, we talk about like, hey, what are we going to feed the kids and allow them? Are we going to let them watch television? What are our values and how are we going to transmit that? How do we handle a temper tantrum? And we just have a conversation about it. And like I said, these guys teach me amazing stuff every time. So Alan's a psychiatrist. He's done training in child development. Like he's an authority Mm -hmm. sort of on this matter. And he, he gives us great ideas for making sure our kids grow up like mentally healthy. Um, Jeremy's like a nurturer. That's like his job is to like take care of and raise little animals, including primates. And that's what we do at home. We raise primates. So I'm like, <laughs> fill me in guys. Yeah, you guys and, have the best of both worlds. <laughs> that's awesome. So, so Jeremy, then question for you then. So needless to say, all three of you guys were on the same page about kids from the get go. Mm-hmm. Was there any type of like, not convincing that had to go on, but was there any type of like nudging in, in certain directions from anyone to any other person? Yeah. I mean, I think we were, um, we actually were all a little bit nudged. Alan and I had um, wanted to have kids, but you know, it just seemed prohibitively difficult. And then we actually had some friends um, offer us their leftover embryos. And um, so we actually started that. And unfortunately those didn't take, so then we ended up making our own embryos. But um, yeah, I mean, it definitely, it's the same conversations that I would imagine everyone has um, on, you know, this is going to, it changes your life, obviously. It, it upsets everything that was kind of what your day-to-day was. Um, one thing that always kind of flabbergasts every gay person that I know that has had kids is when people say, oh, they, you know, they're not going to be good parents and and they can't handle this. But, you know, every gay person who has children has really had to do it with intention. You're not getting accidentally pregnant. Like those kids are, you know, the most wanted kids in the world. So, um, yeah, we, you know, we, we all had to talk about it, obviously, just like everyone else. And Ian probably needed the most kind of gentle, gentle nudging, but, um, but we all, you know, are very happy we did it at this point. Yeah. And I think it's probably not too indifferent than many relationships where one may have a stronger desire than the other partner. Oh, 100%. I always wanted it to, to have kids, but I also, Ian was open to it, but a little bit more different. And I just thought, me personally, I'm not having kids with an indifferent person. And when Jeremy, when Jeremy came in the mix, you know, he wanted kids and it just sort of shifted that balance. 
Um, and I think we all thought, oh, I think Ian will actually like this. And we've been surprised. I mean, Ian loves being a parent now. And so it's, it is a good example, you know, like in other relationships where, where someone could be a little bit on the fence or indifferent and it happens anyway, they have kids and it's, you know, they, they end up being great parents. Oh, totally. I hear all the time, like my friends say, I don't like kids. I don't want to be a parent. And then they become a parent and they love their children. I mean, there's just something different, obviously, as you guys have experienced between, you know, playing with your friends, kids and, you know, having kids of your own, obviously. Um, and it's really cool because I, you guys. So uh, I just want to make sure I get this right. I'm so sorry. Piper, your firstborn, was the first child ever to have a poly family listed on a birth certificate. Um that's which is quite incredible. Yeah, as far as we're aware, these things can happen on sort of a, a small court level. So there could possibly be people that are just... We're just going to say it's the first time. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to make sweeping statements. It's not what I do as a physician. But, yeah, um, fair point. Uh, so uh, I guess as as three guys in a throuple, would you... I mean, of course you would advocate it, but do you think that this is something that will consistently start happening further do you think more and more people will be open to the idea you know what maybe there isn't just one person out there for me maybe there are multiple people out there for me and if we're able to communicate enough we can be in a committed relationship together yeah absolutely i do i learned a lot about this writing the book because you know we just wanted to have this relationship and then we wanted to have a family we weren't trying to make a point or be famous or anything when I was writing the book, I learned more about this and um, found a research study where they interviewed uh, you know, like younger people and found out that more than a fifth of them had been in a relationship where there was an agreement and it wouldn't be monogamous. So like a consensual non-monogamy. And, and that's now when non-monogamy is kind of frowned on. I think when more people are aware that it's an option and you can be respectful and honest with each other and have some kind of you know, non-traditional relationship, more people will want that and see that there's benefits to them and their partners to have it. Um, and there's lots of changes that are happening in the world. So up and down California and the West Coast, we know that lawyers and judges have discussed our case um, at like judicial conferences. And so they're all aware of it and it has now served as precedent. So other families can sort of seek that probably on the West Coast, at least in California. Wow. And we know that there's also laws that are changing. So Somerville, Massachusetts became a place where polyamorous families were respected and have uh, legal standing, not marriage, but, you know, some recognition there. And there's movements to pass similar legislation in other cities, including around the Bay Area to start. Um, so that's happened. And we know that there's a throuple in Canada that also got a poly birth certificate about two years after ours. So I do think we're going to see more of this in the future. That's great. That, that's incredible. I love what, uh, what, what Jeremy said too, that, uh, you know, there are no accidents or surprises. It's a very intentional process, intentional decision-making. Uh, and because of that, the, the children are going to be well taken care of, well, like well loved more so than, you know, you can imagine anywhere else too. So it's, I, I can definitely see it happening more and more. And I think like even just the concept of throuples, we've, we've discussed on this podcast a few times, uh, are starting to kind of become more and more mainstream too. So I think it definitely is something that's, um, going to kind of keep coming around as far as I can tell. Yeah. Ian, as you said, you just wanted to be in a happy relationship and have kids, have a family. Like that's what everybody wants. And so, uh, thank you so much for you guys coming on and talking about your experiences, about your book that just, uh, Ian, that you just wrote, uh, three dads and a baby adventures in modern parenting, which is available now on Amazon. Uh, it, it just got released, correct? Uh, it was released on the 9th of last month, and you can get it at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or um, bookstore.org, lots of places. I just want to do a brief pitch for this. Yeah. It's been kind of a terrible year for everyone. We haven't been able to see people. There's been lots of bad news. Everyone's been under a lot of stress. It's kind of a funny and heartwarming story at the end, so like, enjoy it. I think we Check all need a, a nice little uh, happy story right now. You need a break. Um, so once again, Jeremy, Ian, Allen, thank you so much for, for you guys coming on and taking the time. We really appreciate it. Thanks guys. Great You're to welcome. meet you. Thanks for having us. Everyone knows how much Dean and I love to travel, especially after enduring a Colorado winter. I'll take any chance I can to be in a sunny beachy place right about now. Well, Kaylin. I have the perfect place we can travel to next. In Puerto Rico, there are nearly 300 beaches and 300 miles of coastline. And when it comes to photography, the landscape is unbeatable. 
I think I need to go there for a relaxing vacation before baby number two comes, which is great, but also I'm very nervous. Puerto Rico offers everything from secluded coves with white sand and crystalline water to beautiful black sand beaches. There's no passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite, with just two capsules a day smart metabolic burn by brain md can kickstart your metabolism fight stubborn body fat especially that pesky abdominal fat and support your weight management journey right now save over 30 percent on smart metabolic burn at getsmartburn.com the lowest price anywhere that's getsmartburn.com don't delay transform your life with smart metabolic burn from brain md these statements have not been evaluated by the food and drug administration our products are not intended to diagnose treat cure or prevent any disease. Are you feeling overwhelmed by anxiety, struggling to find restful sleep, or plagued by a restless inability to focus? It's time to break free from the chains of mental health challenges and discover a path to healthy living. Welcome to Amen University, founded by renowned psychiatrist and brain health expert, Dr. Daniel Amen. Dr. Amen, alongside a team of esteemed doctors and experts in their fields, understands the struggles you're facing and are here to offer solutions. From debilitating anxiety to sleepless nights filled with worry, our courses are meticulously crafted to target these specific challenges head on. Join us on a journey of transformation led by Dr. Amen and a roster of top-tier professionals. Say goodbye to the constant battle with your mind and embrace a future filled with hope and possibility. Visit our website today to explore our courses and start your journey towards a brighter tomorrow. Use code BRAIN10 and get 10% off. That's code BRAIN10 and get 10% off your first purchase. Amen University, because your mental health matters. All right, welcome back to Help I Suck at Dating. That was a fantastic interview. Very interesting, uh, very interesting stuff. Uh, Dean is still almost at the airport right now. Um, so hopefully the pilot will hold the plane for a little bit longer. I mean, it's Help I Suck at Dating. I'm sure he's a big fan and, and will be willing to uh, stall the plane for our podcast, right? I think so. I hey, question so. for you off topic from I'm sure what you're about to get us into. Uh, have you gotten the vaccine yet? No, not yet. I want to, uh, in Rhode Island, it's going to be open to people, I think everybody, like starting April 16th or something like that. Have you? Nice. Um, no, Kayla and I have been trying. We're on like all of these wait lists and like, you know, if, if a place has extras that they're going to throw away, then they call these people. Uh, and we have, we know friends that have gotten them through that same process, but we haven't been called up for the, for the, to be at bat yet, but I was just curious. Yeah, no, my mom is scheduled to get her first dosage tomorrow, which is great. My dad's already vaccinated. I want my mom to get vaccinated. Those are obviously the two most important um, just because they're older. So and then hopefully I can get Ash. You know, Ashley is a little wary about taking the vaccine just because we're trying. And um, I think, you know, more studies have shown that that it doesn't affect fertility or it doesn't affect the pregnancy at all. So I think she's leaning more and more towards taking it but i'm gonna take it yeah. um nice so, well we have ben's uh bachelor party in a little over a month too so it'd just be nice to like you know be fully vaccinated before we go off and do that i'm Let's definitely trying to get fully vaccinated before we go to that i know dude if we get covid in mexico we have to quarantine in mexico for two weeks yeah i mean the quarantine in mexico for two weeks thing doesn't sound that bad in my opinion i just like you, know, you can't leave the room <laughs> Oh, right, right, right. It's a little bit different than being in Mexico. <laughs> yeah, it's not like we're just hanging by the pool with COVID, you know? Um, that, that's a good point. Uh, all right, well, I did... Uh, so we don't have any emails, which is... Come on, suck army. What are we doing here? Guys, you got to send some emails. We love emails. It's it's Dean's favorite part. It's my favorite part. Dean, tell them where the e- with you guys. what the email is. I'm going to be honest with you guys. I love Jared, Mark, Easton, Becky, everyone that works on this podcast. The only reason I, I even bother showing up every week is because of the emails. And this week, I like I honestly might as well just not even shut up. Um, so I, I would like to keep showing up. I would like to still be 
you know, engaged in this podcast because I love the podcast because I love the email. So keep emailing us. Please give us some juicy, juicy, crazy goss to talk about and discuss. Email us at isuckatdating at iheartmedia.com. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to plug this probably a few more times. isuckatdating at iheartmedia.com. Email us your dating stories, your questions, your scenarios, whatever you want. We want to hear all of it. So email us, please, 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 before I stop showing up for work. Um, so seeing how we don't have any emails, I found a really interesting article on CNN.com because the headline was win at virtual dating with body language tips from a former FBI agent. So an FBI agent is going to give us tips about how you can read your date. And these are signs that your date likes you. So if you read your date's body language, this is a way to decipher whether he or she is interested in you. Apparently, someone who is entranced by another person will tilt their head toward them. That's a way to show someone they like you. So Dean, if I tilt my head forward like this towards the camera, apparently I'm really into you. Nice. I I mean, I I have picked up on some of your physical cues before. you know, kind of about the way that you feel towards me. So it's, it's good to get that reaffirmation through this expert. Yeah, no, it's uh, good because I, this is about virtual dating, you know, which is like the new norm, bro. The new norm. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it's funny because you can, it's pretty easy to pick up on social, on, I'm sorry, on physical cues in person, but you're right. It's way different when you're forced to do it over the phone. Yeah. So that's good to know. So if they're leaning towards you. I know. So Navarro says, we only expose our necks to people we're really comfortable with. So apparently someone who is comfortable with you will tilt their head toward you. Uh, some may, some people may lean their whole bodies towards the camera, which means they're really into you. They might be like ready for marriage at that point. Frequent and lasting smiles also show that your date is off to a good start. So if they're smiling, obviously that's a pretty... Schedule. That's that's obvious, right? If they're smiling and laughing, you know, the date's going well. It, and then he goes on and says people who are interested in each other are more likely to preen. P-R-E-E-N. Am I an idiot? Do I, I, I don't know what that means. I've never heard that word before. Preen. Mark, do you know what preen means? You're the most intelligent one, I feel like, in here. Becky's pretty smart, too. I think of it as like a, like a special grooming thing, but it's usually used in like the animal kingdom. Like I think of animals preening themselves as a mating ritual. What? <laughs> I, I'll look up the definition. That's what first came to mind. Oh, okay. He, he, I should have continued reading. By the way, Riley is on this, and Riley's very intelligent. Everybody's smarter than Dean and I. That's pretty much the point I was making. Anyway, he goes on. He says, preening behaviors including fixing your appearance, like touching your hair, and straightening out your clothes. Okay, so if your date's a little fidgety, fixing their hair, you know, making sure their shirt looks good, that means they're into you. That's a great sign. So we're going to say leaning towards the camera, exposing the neck, laughing and smiling, and fidgeting. Like fixing the hair, making sure they look good, fixing the shirt, all good things. Would you agree, Dean? I don't want to take anything away from this, uh, this very intelligently written article. I... Is none of this stuff like obvious? Like, I don't think anyone really needs to read this stuff to know that it's it's like true. You know, like it just sounds like such such like a obvious thing to me. But I agree. But you know, sometimes we forget about the obvious. So these are these are signs that I'm about to read that your date is not into you. You know, they're just not into you. So obviously, not all virtual meetups end with your date falling madly in love with you. So one sign a person is not feeling the love is if he or she furrows. The glabella, the spot between the eyebrows. Okay, so where like my unibrow lies, that would mean like I'm 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 really like uh, going for like my my Batman look. You know, you furrow the eyebrows; they they go down. Uh, this will happen especially if the other person is saying something that's really dumb or stupid that's not attractive to you. All right, so if somebody has that like everybody knows that look, right? Where like the eyebrows go down. It's like the look of shock. You're like, what? Yeah, Dean's doing it right now. So, Dean, if you do that on a virtual <laughs> day, it's not going to work out between you and I. Can we just take a step back and thank our lucky stars that we don't even have to worry about this? Oh, so glad. I was actually thinking about that the other day. A buddy of mine's single, and I'm like, good God, you poor thing. Like, that just sucks right now. Not only can you not meet in person. I mean, you can meet in person, but you obviously take a little bit of a risk if you're, bo- if you're not vaccinated. 
And then now you have to read physical cues over a camera. I can't read physical cues in person. I would yeah. be the worst data right now. I would be the ultimate yeah, sucky data. To make matters worse, I don't even like hanging out with my single friends, especially like in the in the COVID era. They're like, let's go out. Let's do stuff. And I'm like, no, no way. <laughs> like, why would I want to go out and do something to like risk my health? A, and like, so you can like go meet girls. I don't want to, I don't want to be part of that. No, I'm not going to do that with you. So like, in addition to how sucky it is to be single, I like, I like, am, I'm not like avoiding my single friends, but I'm definitely seeing them a lot less, you know? Oh, a hundred percent. It's just because you're in a relationship and I don't understand why people want to go out to dinner so late. Like some of my friends are like, Hey, let's grab dinner. I'm like, okay, yeah, let's go out. Cause they're, you know, I will, Ashley can come. It'll be a thing. And they're like, all right, I made a reservation at eight. And I'm like, 8 PM. You want to go to dinner <laughs> at 8 PM? I'm can we, is there a six 30 opening? Like, what are we, what are we doing here? Like I plan on, I want to be back in my house by nine, the latest. Yeah. You know, I got to get ready like for Kayla. bed. Takes a little while. I want to settle down and be under the covers by 10, 10 30. What's your skincare routine? How long does it take you at night? Five seconds. I don't have one, unfortunately. I don't even wash my face before I go to bed. Is that bad? You you don't wash your face before you go to bed at night? Well, I wash my face during the day. Like I, I wash my face every day. I just don't wash it before I go to bed. Oh, I have a horrible, horrible story that I, after I did it, I was like, I probably need to share this on Help I Suck at Dating. And it's so bad and so gross. But it just, it's part of, it happened to me recently and I need to share it. Yeah, with it's a part of who you are. That's what we're all about here. So, we all know my hygiene is a little lackluster. I want to say I shower two, three times a week, tops. Three times tops, two, two most, no, two, three times, three times. A so, time, the guy who washes top. his body two or three times a week is busting my balls about not washing my face twice <laughs> yeah, a day. That, well, that was the joke. You didn't pick up on it. Um, <laughs> So that keep that in mind, right? And I, I've kind of stopped shoving Q-tips in my ear because I I keep seeing all these you know bad articles come out about how it's it could be damaging all that kind of stuff, and so I'm just like, oh, just like let my earwax grow and let me let the earwax be the earwax. Ugh, dude, if this is a story about you pulling out like a wad of earwax, I'm gonna throw up. Well, so flashback actually, because this is kind of an important bit as well. When I was going to uh, treatment for my hip, uh, I was doing a lot of like hyperbaric stuff, and you're getting put into like uh, simulated multiple atmospheres. So like, you know, your, your white blood cell count raises unimportant. They, <laughs> they do ear exams before every single one of them. Oh boy. Um, and every single time I talk to a doctor, he goes, yeah, your ears look fine. You got a whole crap ton of earwax in there though. Every single time. And I, a doctor looked at my ear, that's what he said. Anyway. So I, I took a shower. My one, my one <laughs> weekly shower, I took, uh, what was this on Tuesday or Wednesday? I want to say, and I was like, you know what? I haven't, I haven't shoved a Q-tip in my ear in a while. So let's go ahead and see what's in there. So I shove it in, start moving it around. And all of a sudden, uh, everything in that ear becomes like way more muted and quiet. And I'm like, what did I just do? I broke my eardrum. Something, right. Something bad just happened. And then I start like digging again and it gets get more and more. And what I was doing was I was shoving earwax into my ear eventually and it just clogged the whole ear canal. And I was like, oh crap, that sucks. Let me see if I can clean out my other ear then and I'll just focus on fixing this other ear. And so I started to do my other ear and I did the exact same thing. <laughs> and so I'm sitting there and I'm like, I, I, it's like, I was like Charlie Brown listening to the parents, you know, like, wah, 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 wah. it was so, so, so bad. And so I like start freaking out and I'm like, Kaylin, we need to have like some at home remedies to figure this out. So we like got warm water, um, salt water, put it in the ear for like five minutes, started like wiping it out. A little bit was coming out, but it didn't fix anything. And then this is when it gets gross. And then I was like standing there and I was like, what can I do? Like, what could I get in my ear to get on the other side of this earwax to push it out? And I remembered uh, Dr. Chris Strandberg Cupcake from your season, yeah. who we're, we're both good friends with. Uh, he's my dentist. And he, uh, last time I saw him, gave me a water pick. And the water pick is phenomenal. A water flosser for your teeth. I use it every morning and every night before I go to bed. And I was like, you know what? That might just be the thing that I need. And so I set the intensity to like middle intensity on the water pick, put the thing in my ear hole, and I just started like moving it around. And eventually the water got behind all of the big wall of earwax that I just kept cramming in there with the, with the Q-tip. And it pushed it all out. And I kid you not, it was like a thumbnail size oh thing of just a God. big fat ball of earwax. And oh my God, it's, I could like literally hear colors. I was, I became this like super you started hearing dog whistles. Person. Exactly. And then I was like, and then I decided to do it to the other ear too. So both ears, I used the water pick to excavate 
I'm not joking. Like a uh, like a stack of like five dimes put together, like stacked on top of each other. That was kind of like the density of each ball of earwax that came out of my ear. It was maybe the nastiest thing I've ever seen come out of my body. I mean, sorry for that whole long ex- explanation no. about my earwax story, but I. <laughs> I mean, that's a good. I've always wondered what I should do besides a cotton swab because people tell you don't put those in your ears. So I'm sure I have a buildup of earwax. I just don't know how to segue now. Not going to lie. I think we should just wrap up the podcast on that. Honestly, the rest of this FBI investigation and virtual body language, pretty, you know, straightforward. If your date's looking away frequently or distracted, not a good sign. If they're pulling away from the camera, not a good sign. Uh, And then apparently some people may also have more tension in their lips and even shift their jaw if they're not interested in the other person. So that's good to know. There's also red flags to look out, but look out for but honestly i can't think of anything besides dean's earwax right now so i think it's a pretty good time to wrap up this podcast uh jared do us a favor if anything weird like that happens to you between now and next week's episode just take a mental note of it and i I would like to hear you know some weird crazy thing that might have i mean i might buy uh one of those what is it a water pick water pick if you don't buy it for your ears buy it for your gums because that thing Every night I floss and brush. And now I'm going to buy it for my ears. Water pick. And I use Listerine every single night. I do all four things every morning and every night. I think we should add a disclaimer. Oh, but for the water pick in the ears? Water pick. The water pick is not meant for shooting water into your ears and is not recommended by iHeartRadio or the producers of this it's like, uh, But it's recommended by me, Dean Unglitch. We should put a disclaimer at the beginning <laughs> of the podcast like they do in front of Jackass where it's like these are done by quote-unquote professionals. Don't try this at home. Yeah, listen, don't try the water pick in your ears at home, okay? It's just bad news. But, but I may try it, but you don't Because try my it. gums, they pull so much gunk out of my teeth every time, even after flossing, brushing, and using mouthwash. They're phenomenal. So get a get a water pick, report back to me. Don't stick it in your ear. Uh, we don't want you to sue us because we told you to stick a water pick in no, your ear. No, don't stick it in unless the ear. You get, unless you get some earwax stuck in there. But that's going to do it for this week's episode. I'm so sorry for my uh, my my surroundings. If you heard any, like, beeping or revving of the engine that's just kaylin driving like a maniac so i apologize for that but uh thank you guys thank you to our guests uh jared you want to thank them for yeah it? of course make sure you pick up their brand new their their book uh three dads and a baby adventures in modern parenting uh parenting good god what's the matter with me uh our guests ian allen and jeremy they were awesome thank you so much for coming on and thank you to everyone who is going to email us because like i said man Emails are the only reason I log into Zoom. Uh, they're the only reason I, I agree to do this podcast every single week. So please give me a reason to keep coming to work. I suck at dating at iHeartMedia.com. Email us. I suck at dating at iHeartMedia.com. Email us. I suck at dating at iHeartMedia.com. Email us. That wasn't a glitch. I had to say it three times because now you're not going to forget it. It's I suck at dating at iHeartMedia.com. And just to be clear, this counts as showing up for work, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yes, Mark, it does. It absolutely does. This is my one op- my one weekly obligation. Um, anyways, that's going to do it for this week's episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. Be sure to tune in next week where maybe we suck just a little bit less earwax out of our ears. Follow Help by Suck at Dating on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. And right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com, the lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Are you feeling overwhelmed by anxiety? 
struggling to find restful sleep, or plagued by a restless inability to focus, it's time to break free from the chains of mental health challenges and discover a path to healthy living. Welcome to Amen University, founded by renowned psychiatrist and brain health expert, Dr. Daniel Amen. Dr. Amen, alongside a team of esteemed doctors and experts in their fields, understands the struggles you're facing and are here to offer solutions. From debilitating anxiety to sleepless nights filled with worry, our courses are meticulously crafted to target these specific challenges head on. Join us on a journey of transformation led by Dr. Amen and a roster of top tier professionals. Say goodbye to the constant battle with your mind and embrace a future filled with hope and possibility. Visit our website today to explore our courses and start your journey towards a brighter tomorrow. Use code BRAIN10 and get 10% off. That's code BRAIN10 and get 10% off your first purchase. Amen University, because your mental health matters. Hey everyone, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.